Biden arms the world and disarms Americans, the ignorance of the anti-gun culture, and our very special guests, Charlie Cook and John Petrolino. I'm Dan Wass, and this is The Loaded Mic. All right, so we're back, and, you know, on break we were talking a little bit about some of Charlie's... uh, I don't know, what would you call them? Escapades? I don't know what you call them. Some of the funny <laughs> stuff that you do on your show. So so just so people know, Riding Shotgun with Charlie, I've been on the show, and it's, it's fantastic. Charlie goes around the country, and he interviews uh, Second Amendment advocates, and and you get in the car, and you drive around, and hope Charlie doesn't get you killed in traffic <laughs> while talking about fun stuff. So... You were just telling us a little story. Right. So I have, uh, you know, I've traveled around the country interviewing people, and I, I, I get pro-gun folks in the country. And, and I, you know, I do, I do some homework on the people and find out what they are. And, you know, a little pre-show, hey, what do you want to talk about? We'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. And, and it's just two people in a car having a conversation, talking about gun stuff and whatever it is that they do, and trying to make them look like rock stars. So uh, there's a guy from Arms Room Radio. His name's Mike Kowarski, and he's done a lot of things with the Second Amendment Foundation, and he's got his own show. And Great guy, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun. And he's got a boatload of stories, and they're all funny, and he's a great storyteller. He really is. So he's like, hey, man, like, I want to be on the show. I want to be on the show. I want to be on the show. I'm like, all right, let's, you know, we're, we're both in, at the Florida Carry event uh, last year, and so we, we film a show. We get him in the show. He brings a little Cerebu shotgun, and it was, <laughs> it was really cool, right? So he's, like, riding shotgun. So we're driving around, and I'm like, all right, so, you know, this is, this is how we got into this. He was in the military. He was a police for a while, owned a gun store. It was called the Arms Room. You know, they sit around yapping it up, and they turn that into Arms Room Radio. And, uh, and I'm like, all right, that's cool, man. Like, so what else you got? He's like, uh, um, I, 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 don't, I don't really know. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you have all these stories. <laughs> put a cigar and a drink in your hand, and you, you can't even stop the guy from talking. Put him, put him in front, you know, put him in the car, put a couple cameras on him, and the dude's got nothing. It's, it's hysterical. Oh, and the yeah. funny thing to me is we're at Amcon last year, and he says, you know, you always got to be ready to have a good story. And he says, the one time I had an opportunity to go ride and shotgun with Charlie, I had nothing. I blanked out. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so funny. That was funny. I've done interviews with Mike, and uh, he's always got in back of him. He's got a bunch of yeah. He's got a liquor bottles and stuff. Liquor stash. Oh yeah. Bar. He's got a cache of booze. So, so I'm sure you've. I mean, you, how many people have you interviewed? Oh my gosh. So I have. Uh, I'm uh, going to be putting out episode 161. Uh, this wow. week. Wow. Yeah, 161 people, 161 shows uh, in 32 states. So what are some cool. of the crazy, the funny stuff, the stories? What are some of the... So this, I, I love this one. I had a chance to interview Ashley Lubinsky, who's a firearm historian, and I interviewed her in Dallas. And we're, we're 15 minutes from Dealey Plaza, right? And she's a firearm historian. So I'm like, we're in Dallas. We're going to Dealey Plaza. We got 15 minutes to talk about you, and then we're talking about the Kennedy assassination. And she's like, well, I, I don't really know much about the, the conspiracies for the Kennedy assassination. I'm like, I know plenty for both of us. We'll be, we'll be good. <laughs> and so she's, she's like, you know, we get to talking, and she's like, well, uh, she's like, I haven't seen the Carcano rifle, but I've heard that the National Archives have lost it. I'm like, how Indiana Jones is that, for God's sakes, mm. right? And um, so we drive around, and she's like, you know, I don't really think Jeff Kennedy's a good-looking guy. And, you know, she's like, 
uh, a lot of the gun control stuff had to do with the, the government wanting to kill Lamar. She didn't think he was a good-looking guy. Yeah, she's oh, like she's got his health issues. Yeah, he's got health issues and bad skin teeth and bad skin. Or something or I'm like, yeah, it's probably the syphilis, went, yeah, right? Yeah, there was like some stuff she was talking. I'm like, I have. I mean, I don't know. I never thought about Jack that way. Yeah, so, right. I mean, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong. with No, it. I was of course, like, talking of about Jack's skin. I'm like, you was know, she really that close to him? <laughs> so no, she's a historian. Yeah, she's like, she's right. sucks. I'm sure right. he's not very good looking now. Well, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. But half his Ooh, head's missing. Half but half that, oh, that was but uh, left, uh, anyway, so that was that was that was a lot of fun. Um, that was a lot of fun. I one of the things that I think is really cool is Anthony's. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, he's disappointed in me. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Charlie. Um, one of the, the 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 really big name people that people that aren't gun folks that uh, that I that pe- know that I've interviewed was Hickok 45, and he's got seven million people that follow his YouTube channel, wow. and he's been he's been doing this for since YouTube was new. So I I reached out to him and I said, Hey, this is what I do. I'd love to end you on the show sometime, and. And he's like, all right, well, we'll see what we can do. And then in 2020, I'm like, hey, I'm doing a little Southern tour. I'm going down to Tennessee and, and uh, Alabama and Georgia to film some shows. And I, you know, if you're around, I'd love to have you on the show. And he's like, well, we're going to be down in Florida. And I'm like, okay. And then my daughter uh, is going to college in Nashville. So she's like, well, I want to go down and visit this campus. So I, I want to be the hero dad. So well, let's, let's, we got a February vacation. Let's go down. So we, we uh, I said, you know, you... You do all the school stuff. You need to get in touch with the school, set up the, the uh, tour and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we drive down to Nashville. Um, friggin' snows. Like slush oh, everywhere. Oh, oh, my God. It was horrible. How often does it snow? A couple years ago, it did snow. Yeah, right? that, that, that's when we went. broke loose down and, and had no way to take care they of got, anything. They, ha- I, they have three inches of slush, and they're like, the girl at the hotel's like, I'm going to be here for three days. I'm like, why? <laughs> there was a dusting. Right? It was like, this is when you had your gas station burrito? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gas station pizza. Oh, so, gas station pizza. So, uh, so we, get down, we get down there. The, uh, the school closes, right? They, they stop the tour. They got a big water fountain out front. I got a picture of me and my daughter in front of the water fountain. She's like, Dad, this is dumb. I'm like, this is going to be great because when you graduate from here, you can pull this out and be like, hey, we went here when it was freaking freezing out. Um, so I, uh, I messaged Hickok and, uh, and he's like, well, you know, the weather's going to be a little bad. Doesn't bother me. I got four wheel drive. He's driving a truck as big as a house. So, um, I ended up meeting him at uh, Cracker Barrel the next day and we had breakfast and then I went out and filmed a show with him. And, uh, the next day the, the school also closed the, uh, closed the tour the next day. So my daughter's like, let's just, let's just leave. So we left, but how well, much snow are we talking about? Seriously? Legit. I'm, I'm going to say three inches, three oh inches of snow. Yeah, that's just when it starts getting fun, right? That's when yeah. you start sliding around. But one of the one of the cool things is I I brought an extra window scraper down, and I'm like, cool. hey Hickok, you know, uh, you guys you guys don't get snow down here in Nashville, Hero. so um, we have these up north. It's to clean off the window, <laughs> clean the cars <laughs> off the windows. <laughs> right, <Thanks>. exactly. <laughs> Key to the city. Here you go. Exactly. It's all out drive. Right. How do you deal with this snow? You're you just done wipe with it. it off and put it in it. your museum. <laughs> yeah, because you'll never use it again. I got this right. from. Charlie, it's a window scraper. It's right, and for a dollar ninety nine at the job lot. Hey, that's a good right. little gimmick. Riding shotgun with Charlie ice cream. Window scrapers. <laughs> my God, right. you're onto something. Yeah. That's could, brilliant. Yeah. It'd be like the Merchant of Death in the movie, handing them out on the corner. Here, right. take them. They're all free. Go. You'll be careful truck with that, son. <laughs> right. Don't that's poke cool. your eye out with that. So the cool, uh, the cool thing that I like to wear is a you know a quiet badge of honor, as I tell everybody here on the show. Um, the only other time I've seen Hickok on shows. 
Uh, he was on with Jay Leno 10 years ago when his channel took you off. Know, I was going to make the comment. He never does any media. The, the show he was on just before I interviewed him was Tucker Carlson. Oh. So he's been on with, I love this. He's been on with Jay Leno. He's been on with Tucker Carlson and Charlie Cook. Well, that's a feather in your cap. Wow. Yeah, which that's which I think is really cool. I, I remember, you know, years ago, I would I was watching and just watch his videos of him shooting and stuff, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I and I remember seeing how many views he's getting. Like, oh my God, this guy is how how is he getting all this? You know, and now he's he's just been consistent through all the years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. He was he was really cool. Yep. So, um, oh. That we have phones ringing on. Ah, I don't have phones ringing. Was that me? It probably was me. Oh, I think it was probably me. you. Anyway, the guy that says don't have your phone I know, on. Did, I know. I usually tell everybody don't. Oh, and my my ringers. So just as an aside, Jay Leno was on Adam Carolla. A oh, I ago. love Carolla. After his yes, after his burning um, accident, right? They yeah. talked about a lot of interesting stuff. It was cool. That was really really good. Yeah, I love Carolla. So I have. Um, uh, he, for a while, uh, Adam was going out and doing this thing called Adam Carolla is Unprepared. Okay. And he has people write words on ping pong balls. And he's got a ping pong ball hopper. And then people pull the ping pong balls and, and he rants about the topic. Um, one of the things that he hates is Maneater. Right? Uh, Hall and Oates. He's like, this is a crap song and, <laughs> and whatnot. So I did Maneater. <laughs> I make videos playing the trumpet with one hand and shooting a gun with the other. <laughs> but so, not playing a piano with your private parts. Uh, no, no, no. Well, that's, that's not very Definitely not a baby grand. So you're not, you're not Ukrainian in other words. No. no. So um, I, uh, I did a, a gun gram of uh, Maneater. I sent it to him. He was he was coming to Boston. I had tickets to go see him, and I uh, I sent him the video. And I'm like, hey, this this might be the only way that you want to watch Man Eater. I'm coming to uh, I'm coming to the Wilbur Theater in Boston, and I'm going to see you. And uh, I want to I want to pull the balls, right? So I get a um, I'm at school. I'm at uh, one school in the morning and a school after school on a Friday, and I get a phone. uh, I get an email from his producer. He's like, hey, um, are you around uh, this afternoon? Are you around at two o'clock Eastern or whatever? Um, Adam wants to have you on the show to talk about being the ball puller. I'm like. This is great. <laughs> so I call the guy I work with. I'm like, I'm going to be late. I don't know when I'm coming in. <laughs> so uh, I got to pull balls for Corolla oh, on the stages of Wilbur. Yeah. We need a vid- link to that video. That's yeah, that was, that's, that's that, was, that's that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so. Well, you know, it, because it's a Christmas show, I just wanted to, I don't know if Danny has this photo, but, you know, we talk, don't put it up just yet. I want to I lead into this. But, um, you know, Charlie, you just got me thinking about, you know, there, there are so many gun Second Amendment supporters that, that we, especially the circles that we run in, right? And the, it's the, the way the narrative has has shifted is really interesting because you have a lot of people now becoming anti-gunners just because of the propaganda and the narrative and everything. But because the Christmas show, I wanted to show you guys this picture and 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 see what you think. There was, do you remember the, the Rudolph... Uh, show, right? Little yeah, animated of show, yeah, yeah, yeah. claymation guys. And do you like remember Yukon Cornelius? Oh yeah, Yukon's yeah. great. So let's man. put that picture up of Yukon. Here he is with a revolver in his belt, 
And, and a, a knife. knife. And a knife. And a headshot. Oh, my God. Oh, that's it. He's an open carrier. He's an, he's an open carrier. carrier. He's right. a, he, he doesn't have a folding knife. He's not. He he's a holster. He's, he's carrying pretty poorly. I mean, what, right, it's, uh, we call that Mexican, Mexican style. Mexican, right? yeah, Mexican he's got belt. some liquor on his <laughs> well. side there. So he's drinking and shooting. And shooting. <laughs> it is Yukon. Come on, he's got to stay warm. He's got some brandy in there. But, you know, it's just... They now I'm starting to see more pictures of Yukon Cornelius now without the gun. Really? Are you yeah. really? Yeah. No way. And it's kind of interesting. And and I just wonder if you know if if they're really making an effort to start to change. So I wanted to I wanted to bring that up because I want I think you know historically we've had so many norms that are being changed. And uh, so I just wanted to get everybody's views on where, wh- how far we've come with, with respect to the anti-gun narrative and how far do we think we're going to go? Um, where's it going to end up? Well, I, uh, my, my sister put something on Facebook this week, and she went to go see Violet Night with her husband. And she, and it's a movie that just came out, and, oh, and she's like, yeah. yeah, and she's like, I can't believe, how, it, she's like, it's not a horror movie, it's just a violent movie. There's a lot of shooting, a lot of blood, a lot of killing, and stuff. Um, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think it's um, the the anti-gun folks, the left, the Hollywood. They love to put out movies with violence, where a yeah. good guy with a gun wins. They yeah. love putting this out. This yeah. is this is what this was. This was the cowboy shows back in the fifties, and because they know it still and, sells, right? Right, it yeah. still does because people want to see the hero win, yeah. and and the heroes heroes carry guns and knives. It's yeah. those patriarchal stories that still matter, right? Every <laughs> right. it appeals to you basically, right? I watch Gunsmoke and even the older shows, Father Knows Best and stuff. Unbelievable shows Rifleman you would and stuff. never see. Rifleman never. He's looking at his Bible all the time. Never see that on TV. Oh, but no. it's all stuff that appealed to our normal, I hate to say common values, but common sense, you know, moral values. But it's different now, right? Like you're saying, they're taking everything away that might lead you to think anything in any direction other than do as we say. Uh, right. Imagine I dream of Genie when the major comes home and is and Genie's got, you know, a tumbler full of fresh ice and, you know, pours it, puts a couple of cubes in and pours him a drink right when he gets home, you know? I mean, every um, show, Hazel, yeah. I need a drink. I, don't, <laughs> I, I think a woman should know her place. There you go. Now, see, now I'm going to catch hell for that. Oh yeah, when you get home, man. that's, that's, that's going to give I mean, you. Sue doesn't third watch the show. I be fine. said that. They have man and woman work set. Dan's got the whole thing worked out of his house, though. Men's work and women's hey, work. Hey, right? that works out fine. In our in our relationship, and I'm not going to go too far into my personal relationship, but we understand that there's some things that women do better. And there's some things that men do better. I don't ask her to change the oil in the car or clean the rain gutters or, or snow blow the driveway, right? right. And, and she's, she's happy doing a lot of the things that would be traditionally, um, let's just say, the woman's duties, right? Yeah. I don't know how you guys, I don't know how you guys well, do Well, I'm, I'm a happily divorced guy, so it doesn't really matter. But, uh, so it didn't work for you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got friends, that, you know, I got one friend's wife, and she's like, hey, listen, uh, taking out the trash is a blue job. That's what the boys yeah. do. And she's like doing the, the, the housework and the sweeping and the cleaning and the dusting. She's like, that's a, that's a pink job. That's what I do. Yeah, and we call it the man's work and the woman's work. And we, have, right. and we joke around about it. I'm like, eh, I don't think that's going to qualify as man's work. Sorry. And, she'll, and, then, and then she'll, she loves, she can't wait to tell me to take the garbage out. Uh, did you see the garbage? It's not going to take itself out. She doesn't want you to wash you washing dishes, smoking a cigar. That's why. I fall asleep at 9.30 and you're a lazy I boy. 
<laughs> I, I got a new, yeah, a new recliner. Did you I see it? I ain't coming over anymore. You got to see this. I was show. over one time, fell right asleep. So there's snoring in the chair. I'm like, he was? You got to see this I new recliner to believe Who it. Who falls asleep when the guest is here? What, what a great know. visit <laughs> this was. <laughs> he enjoyed your company. What a great visit. <laughs> I got one in the green room. Did you guys notice there's a recliner in the green room as well? Yeah, it's your old one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's garbage yeah. here. So yeah, I was over watching. It, was a, it is a blue job. Something political, probably Trump, back yeah last year right? or whenever twenty twenty. Dude, like, it probably hit ten o'clock. What do you expect? Gone. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell do I do oh, now? Do well. I eat the candy? Do I leave? <laughs> right. Take out the trash? Do I leave? <laughs> do I leave? I was told this was a, like I, I was given the, the list of blue jobs <laughs> when I showed up. These are the blue jobs. Okay, Dan, I'm going to take out the trash. I'm going to clean the gutter. Uh, <laughs> I'll take take one of Dan's gun and walk up in front of the ring alarm and say, "Hey, see you." Yeah. Yeah. My friend's got a Tesla. Every time I see his car, I bang on it. He takes your picture and I wave at him and say, "Does a little video." Well, Anthony right. comes over one time and he goes, I'm in the garage. Don't put a cap in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know your friends. Oh, funny. But anyway, so I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting the way the narrative changes and the way, they, the way certain media, maybe it's TV, TV networks or whatever, trying to force the narrative. When we had Yukon Cornelius with a revolver in his belt. We were all fine with it. We're, yeah. Plus, he was protected from polar bears. What's he going to do now with that knife? Got to get close with the knife. Well, he saved oh. Christmas, right? There you go. Give him a stick now. He's, he's not allowed because he licks the pickaxe, and that is oh, not. That's right. That's yeah, not yeah. hygienic. That's not. That's probably right. We don't know where that pickaxe is. No, at. we don't. <laughs> the. Um, we, we're going to know we're in trouble when the, the big action film for the summer comes out. It's going to be called The Social Worker. That's when we know we're in trouble. <laughs> and you know it's going to be a woman. He's in the ghetto. He's like, gosh, can't be, be fair each other. Stop oh, now. She wasn't Stop. always a woman. Coming from the halls of academia, The Social Worker. Let's you know, talk like, about this. Can we just That's hysterical. That's but, what it's going to be. But there's a little truth to that because there was right. that whole, all that talk There was that about, movement. We need the, the interventionists that are social workers. Imagine how that's going to work. What if the social worker was was somebody that was a hardcore conservative and wanted to take out all these people? Whoa. Right? Whoa. And they become a mass murderer. Charlie, you're projecting. Right? That'd you're be projecting bloody. To us. <laughs> I think Is this should... what you really think about, Charlie? I think we should I'm make looking that for a new movie. career. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can make billions well, of dollars. We should edit this part out so nobody gets the idea. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah we Damn should it. make the movie. You're going to be the villain, John? You're going to be the steward. I want those little toy guns. You're going to be a steward on the town handing coffee out. Here's your bond. Free coffee today. We can't have Alec Baldwin, though, producing yeah, because no. <laughs> people. Did you see the tweet his brother put out about Trump? No. He said something about how, oh, Trump's mad about blah, 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 but the guy getting released, and he says, he goes, what is it, because she's black, gay, and blah, blah. And then someone goes back and goes, well, yeah, but where's your brother? He just killed somebody. Yeah. There's, well, there's nothing. It's because they were gay or black. I said, what are you talking about? Wow. Like Billy, what is that, his brother Billy? Yeah. When, when was the last time he was on TV? Yeah. Well, he had a he's tried a radio career, and that didn't work out very well. The Baldwins are just losers. But why would you come off and tweet something like that? <laughs> and then you get tore up by somebody that's not even famous. Just ripped uh, you apart. And then he just disappeared. It's like, poof, your career's over again. Well, this Brittany, I, I don't know. It's Brittany Griner, Gr- right? Griner, right. I, I see an Adam's apple every time, every, every, just about every picture of, of her. It's a dude. Or him. It's a dude. She, and then there's a picture with... I mean, she's her talking her to the with interviewer. No shirt on. She's you like, see the one with no shirt on? Yeah. Well, did you see her talking to the Russian guy? Do you know where you're going? I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've never, I've never met a woman with a voice like that. She, she and I got nothing against the gays or whatever. You do what you want. But when she's going, I'm heading home. Physically, right, she gonna, looks like a guy. Uh, she's built like a man. Built like a guy. Well, they said just count the rib cage. Really? Women have less ribs than men. Oh, that's right. Because they took Adams. And they said that, that she took a DNA How test in rib? college. Which, no <laughs> Short way. rib. Can't force somebody to take a DNA. <laughs> college, you think someone's going to fall for that? But I think we should find her. You should you should ride shotgun with her. Just oh, yeah, have ribs. shotgun. Oh, that'll, that'll, that'll yeah, rub your hand right. up. Yeah, just go ahead and say, hey, girl, how you doing? <laughs> hey, can we just stop? I'm going to count one, two, three, yeah, four, count five, your six. Ribs. You're a dude. See, luckily with you, no then one throw her out of the car. Find out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too short. So I won't be able to count them. Yeah, yeah, it's a shortness that comes. like six, seven? I don't know. She's tall. Was that a short joke or a fat joke? Neither. A little of fat shaming people, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You ain't getting nothing for Christmas. <laughs> nothing. John's getting coal. Yep. Not even coal. Anthony already gave me a present. Not even a stocking. That covers many Christmases. That's right. I took care of my brother. Does he get a stocking? Nothing. No. How about a pair of stockings? Maybe. Pantyhose. Yeah, nice short skirt. The pantyhose. Oh, stretched out full of, full of The J. Edgar God Hoover swore. edition. <laughs> full of stuff. John swore again. Yeah, you can edit out. You just got to go, like, put stupid sounds there, like, kitty. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Do, something. we'll like, do something for Scotty it. Scotty Kilmer with the horses and the hyenas laughing in the corner every time he laughs. Put, stuff. I think Christmas. it's hilarious. Repetitive stuff is funny stuff. He can't control himself. Yep. Scotty, this guy Scotty Kim. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this guy Scotty Kim with a mechanic. Oh yeah, he's, he's the biggest YouTube mechanic in the world. A, he's like he's a lunatic. Hilarious. Two like, videos a day. It's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's the, this crazy auto mechanic, and he does. He, he, I don't know. He's he just, talks about the cars and talks stuff. about everything. It's just entertaining. He's from Niagara Falls, first of all, so he's got the Central New York twang. He says. He can't say on, he says on. So things are unbelievable and on this. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it's funny. But he's such a character, and he's been doing this for so long. He knows so much stuff. And he hammers on stuff and hammers on stuff. But if we've all studied stuff, I mean, I think, like some books I get, I read them seven, eight times. After you get to a certain point, it becomes part of, you know, it's it's natural to think that way. And that's how he is. He's just so tuned in. But he has customers bring him cars and stuff, and he goes through them and, Plugs him in and tells him what's wrong with him, tells him what's good about him, and he's totally honest. Now, no sponsorships whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it's just he, he called like, out Toyota yesterday because some guy ordered a, a, a front drive shaft for his Toyota Corolla, and when it got sent, when he, he got it, the UPS box had a hole in the side. There was nothing inside of it. And the dealership wouldn't reimburse him for that, so he just called the dealership out. I mean, this is the place. Here, here's your part. It's not in there. Things like that, but he's funny. It's, it's, it's makes my day every day. Little thing. Anyway, that's it. He doesn't thing. cut frames, though. Uh, see. So we got to hear about this all the time. When I was restoring a Corvette, and it was a silver anniversary, 1978 Corvette. And how many years? I don't know. And I have a five. That should have stayed in the field, technically. It was. It was the the car was dying in a field. The guy was just letting it rot to death. So Dan I came along. It. I bought it, and the frame was rotted. So so Anthony helped me a lot on this car, and we. Took the body up off the frame, cut, had to cut the frame and replace a section of the frame. Like so John will not section. let. And I was traumatized over this thing. It was a, it was an, a <laughs> point, it was a point of anxiety before we actually cut the frame. I mean, think about this. You got a car, and you don't know what's going to happen when you cut that frame rail. Is the car going to twist? What is it going to go out? How do you get it? How do you, you know? 
So he wouldn't let me live. He's always like, did you cut the frame? Did you cut the frame? Every day. Cut the frame? Cut the frame? Well, but at the time, you were telling us how I found out that I'm a better cutter than I am a welder. So I was just worried about the outcome of it. I wasn't, you know, that's all. The weld, my welds are disastrous. They are very <laughs> But we took the car. It's not like laying nickels. <clears throat> no. Or like laying... I don't even know. It's like Throwing bird, up, bird like poop. vomit. I miss it. Yeah, it's like big piles of crap, and he just grinded them flat, and they look good. That's I mean, hold it up. We drove it. It's holding up. Paint can fix anything. We had to pin the car to the floor, and I didn't have a, you know, sometimes you'll take the frame, and you'll put it on a special rack. They have special things for this, so we had to get creative. I took frame, I took metal steel rails, like like angle irons, and I bolted stuff to the to the concrete floor in the garage and spot welded to certain areas of frame. So we had this car pinned in the garage so it wouldn't go up or down and then said a little prayer and cut the frame. Well, we cut the frame kind of jagged, but we did some things with it. We cut the frame and the car didn't move, right? Oh, I don't know. We don't have video. Like this. It's fine. <laughs> Where's the video? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm behind Dan. I heard it is a little, little angle. Stalked right, right? it a little bit. Uh, that's it. It's holding up. Yeah. No, surprise. It's holding up. <laughs> Not driving it. Then we put the full <laughs> exhaust system on it. That was fun. Roll oh, my, yeah. my fat carcass under there trying to hold up yeah. <laughs> mufflers. And, yeah, that was fun. Fat guy. Better you than me. A little, little Corvette. Hope this bathtub doesn't <laughs> fall on me. <laughs> Luckily, it's fiberglass, so at least it's not yeah, that. It's still heavy. A couple thousand pounds. Yeah, it was... All right. Wow. Well, if, it, if the car ever... Fell, it would be like on a big airbag. Yeah, just go right, bounce right up. Wow, I know that's Sweet, rough. Sorry, man, Anthony. Well, I uh, we got. We're gonna take a break here in a minute, but already. Um, Charlie, minutes. I just want to wrap up with Charlie's riding shotgun with Charlie. Um, tell people where they can where they can find you. We're gonna do this again at the end, but just. Give kind yeah. of a, kind of a summary and and where they can find you. Absolutely. So you can find Riding Shotgun with Charlie on Facebook, on YouTube. You can find it on GunStreamer. Um, you can find out on the OpsLens app, and one of the uh, one of the things that I'm doing with the show is I'm repurposing some of the shows for uh, for Armed Lifestyle magazine, and I'm calling the articles "Writing Shotgun with Charlie" because I go back and revisit the interview, and then I call the person I interviewed and do a new interview with them, and I put the audio out, um, I put that audio out as well, and I, I write all this for uh, for the Armed Lifestyle magazine, cool. which is pretty cool. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, uh, MLN puts the shows out uh, as well, so. Oh, and are you still doing uh, uh, video spots for Emily? I uh, I have not done that in a while. Oh, okay. So, I didn't. I didn't yeah. know if you. Um, Thanks for keeping up. Because we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're all just uh, trying. I, I mean, th- this whole industry is really cool, though, because you you know the three of us, Charlie, John P, and me, met last time in Dallas, right? That was yeah. last. Yep. And the I gotta tell you, I mean, not only do we learn so much at these events. Um, this was the gun rights gun rights policy policy conference, conference uh, twenty two. Mm-hmm. It was in Dallas, Texas, and all our friends show up. Everybody from all over the country shows up. We all talk about gun stuff. We all do our speeches and and but the best part, I, you know, I thought was the one night we're all out in front of the hotel smoking cigars, smoking cigars, having yeah. a couple of drinks, yeah, having a good time. It was a good time. Dan, and I, I got to call you out, Dan. We got to oh, talk no. about your branding <laughs> I'm in trouble. talk. Right. So, yeah, you're out there doing oh, a talk yeah, about let, branding. So, so I, I, so I did great. a grade A troll and set up Dan. He set me up. Like, 
massively. Charlie, why don't you tell it from the, so, the <laughs> right. so, so point of view? Right. So Dan's got to go out there and talk about branding, and he's like, "I got the loaded mic. This. I got the loaded mic. This. I got the the, the good guy, bad gun. Uh, good gun." Good gun, bad guy books in the background, and I got the shirts. I got all the stuff I'm putting out. So John's like, oh, hey, I got this decoding firearms lanyard. Why don't you just switch that for the decoding firearms? Right. Is John's it's thing. John's brand. Right. 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 Yeah. So so and he's the got the pal pin. Right. Well, and you got a pin. Got, did you have yeah. one on your yeah. head? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this so is. So we have the pin. So. That's the, that's, that's the pin that's the that pin, we're talking right. about. Okay. So, so John gives him a lanyard uh, so to, to change his, you know, from a plain black lanyard to a decoding firearms lanyard. And he's like, hey, I got one of my pins, too. You want to take it out? Dan, Dan's like, yeah, he puts it right on his now jacket. Keep in mind, I'm going out there to talk about, talk branding, about branding and how important it is to brand yourself. Right. And I gave him all my wares. And he's <laughs> right. wearing it. He's just, oh, this is awesome. Thanks for the pin. He puts it on his lapel. He puts the lanyard on. Right. And, and he goes I'm out. Sit, I'm sitting next to John. He's like, you know, he's talking about branding. He's wearing all my stuff free advertising <laughs> that's great and then, I totally got played and then Yehuda just Yehuda nice called you out on it didn't he right. Yehuda's like you're talking about all this branding and I see you're wearing all of John's stuff and you're like and then when you gave your speech the next day was it you took it all oh, off. He it took it gone. all off. He took everything. I'm like, why weren't you wearing my lanyard, Dan? <laughs> Don't you want to support the community, Dan? Uh, Selfish, are you? It was very funny, though. That's funny. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So on that note, now that I've been ridiculed. <laughs> on its own show. On my own show. <laughs> all right. Danny's wrapping us up anyway. But we're going to come back. Uh, I want to talk about the ignorance of the anti-gun culture. This is going to be a very interesting conversation. We have some clips. So right back after this. Discover Simul TV, a new streaming platform with over 100 channels of live stream content and video on demand movies, family friendly shows to classic and blockbuster movies. Subscribe today and get so much for so little. Stream in harmony on SimulTV.com. The media and politicians create terms like gun violence and ghost gun and assault weapon to change the narrative around guns in America. The entire anti-gun fear campaign is built on the reactive emotions of people who don't know any better. And the media seeks their support for gun restrictions. In Good Gun, Bad Guy, I give you the behind-the-scenes look into the mind of the anti-gun radical. Because before we can defeat them, we need to understand their tactics. Good Gun, Bad Guy 2 exposes the media strategies used to create a perpetual state of irrational gun fear and hatred toward gun owners. Good Gun, Bad Guy 3 reveals the political motives behind the gun grab, why the left wants an unarmed population, and what we can do to thwart their efforts. The anti-Second Amendment radicals started this evil game. Good Gun, Bad Guy is the rule book they hoped you would never see. Go to goodgunbadguy.com to get your copy or purchase the entire series. Paraphernalia, 
Um, these guys probably slapped me in the back with a with a freaking Moms, Moms Demand, Demand Action sticker on my back. I would have. I know you would have. <laughs> yeah, there I am walking around the with the enemy. Or, or an I love Shannon Watts sticker. <laughs> oh, it's hysterical. But we have a lot of fun at those. Oh, absolutely. It's, great. it's just awesome. Yep. Um, the ignorance of the anti-gun culture. I wanted to talk about this. How is ignorance perpetuated among the anti-gun mindset? We often see the anti-gun crowd have very strong opinions about guns with very limited uh, or no knowledge at all about them. Now, it seems the anti-gun perspective on guns is weighed very heavily in rhetoric that perpetuates the idea that guns are designed and used specifically for murdering people. So there's also a notion that guns cause people to act violently. Now, the anti-gun perspective seems to be completely devoid of any positive gun data, such as the fact that guns are used a vastly larger number of times to protect and save lives than they are used to take them. So this simple fact will tell you that guns are a net positive to life preservation. But the brainwashing of young, impressionable people is what drives future generations of non-gun-owning citizens, or even worse, anti-gun Americans. Now, we understand that the more people support gun control, the less people there will be to support the Second Amendment, ultimately resulting in its demise. Changing the culture by first changing the beliefs in the minds of young people will be the foundation of an anti-gun America and government control over society, similar, similar to communist countries like China. On last week's show, we played a video of the Chinese government literally dragging people out of their living rooms and putting them into internment camps under the guise of an extremely overhyped fear of COVID. That is the result of a citizenry that is subservient to its government. It starts by convincing people who can't think for themselves to give up their freedom to their government. And weak-minded people are everywhere, and there's no denying that many would give up their freedom for a false sense of security. And we must help them see the reality of handing over their destiny to a small group of people who may not have their best interest in mind. So in this first clip uh, from Ben Shapiro, you will see a young person compare abortion to guns in full belief that guns are for killing people with no regard to the fact that guns are used two and a half million times per year to save American lives, and no mention of the potential tyranny that has been proven to be a result of a disarmed citizen. So play this clip for us, Danny, Danny if you would, and we will comment on it. Children that are being aborted. Yeah, I would say that uh, you and many other Republicans would feel equally uncomfortable looking at pictures of Sandy Hook victims who were shot. How can you honestly stand up here and say, that you support abortion, you support government intervention to uh, make abortion illegal, which is designed to kill someone, and yet you can stand up here and say you don't want government intervention for guns, which are also designed to kill people. Because guns are not designed to kill children, guns are designed to kill bad guys if operated by a proper person. There's not an abortion in the world that doesn't end with the death of a baby. So I, I have no problem with looking at the pictures of gun violence victims, other than the problems any other human being, left or right, would have with looking at those pictures, which is that they're horrific and deeply disturbing and very upsetting. It is impossible not to look at a picture of an aborted baby and say this was disconnected from the act that I approve. Because the act is the killing of the baby. There is no, there is no policy that I approve of that ends with the murder of children. Okay? There is a policy that is designed for the murder of children, which is what abortion is. 
So, so the point that I wanted to get into discussion about is the idea that a lot of these young people believe that guns are, you know, you know. I always say, here's what I, here's what I think. <clears throat> you ask any conservative, well, you know, what's the purpose of a gun? A conservative will say, well, you know, aside from hunting and target shooting, a conservative will usually say, well, I have guns to protect my family and basically keep people safe. That's the purpose. That's why I have them. You ask any Democrat, what's the purpose of a gun? And they will tell you that they think guns are for murdering people and committing violent crimes. That's what I do every day when I leave the house. The problem, I, I, but the problem is, is that it's this mindset. And I wanted to talk about this because you saw that clip with the, the kid in the video. And he thinks that that's what they're for, right? Well, another way to turn this around on him and say, like, well, if you can show me the... Um, the self-defense abortion that you have, yeah. you know, and like that was, was this a self-defense abortion? So th that's the way you change the narrative. This is like somebody using a firearm for self-defense, the end result or the intended consequence isn't to end somebody's life. It's to stop the, the threat. Right. So if somebody deploys a firearm and they're using it in self-defense, that's what they're doing. And let's say whoever the perpetrator is stops whatever action they are trying to inflict upon you. So that's a self-defense use. And that firearm, was it used? Yes. Did anybody get shot? No. So, you know, you get into the finer elements of all of this. The intended consequence isn't to kill somebody. The intended consequence is to stop the threat. Yeah. If the person ends up perishing because they get shot... It goes back to the age-old adage of, you know, you play stupid games and you get stupid rewards. Their fault, right? right? Well, and I always, my thing that I'm saying lately, and I never get an answer, says if there's, say, 400 legally owned million fire, legally owned firearms in the country that never shoot anybody, how do you statistically even care about that end of it? Like the, I mean, the bottom end of it. Okay, because everybody that gets killed is getting killed by criminals. Right. With illegal firearms on almost every single case, right? So the vast majority. It's yeah. not even the same thing, but they keep equating those. They keep throwing it all into the same bin, and then we're, we're supposed to be feel bad because this happens. And I understand. I feel bad when that stuff happens. But over all the other hundreds of millions of firearms, none of that ever happens. And the opposite happens. They prevent things from happening. It's not even an argument, really, well, to me. But it's framed in a way where people just believe government twists it around. Yeah. To yeah, make I mean, it seem like all legal gun owners are out to shoot people. Because I, I carry every day, so it's like, target shoot people. It's like, yeah, I don't like that guy. It's like, really? Right. Is that it's, how they really think that's we what think? They, that's well, what that's they, that's that's Charlie, they you talk about this all the time. When people are talking to you, well, that gun is there, and you can see the gun, and I can do this, right? Right. So take that. Run with that. That's something you always talk about. Oh, help me out again. You say, oh, well, I see their gun. Like, well, what's stopping you from grabbing oh, the gun and shooting them? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's stopping you from doing that? Well, I'm not a psychopath. Let's start right. with that. Right. I'm not. I So I have, um, I don't want to harm people. I don't want to kill people. I want to. I obviously want to be able to protect myself. And I talk to my non-gun friends, and they'll say stuff like, well, uh, what do you, you, you carry a loaded gun? Yeah, I carry a loaded gun. It's, it's, no, it's well, empty. Right. It's, well, you're not supposed to load it until you're ready to use it. Well, when I put it on in the morning, 
I'm in the mindset that I hope I don't have to use it, but if I do need to use it, this needs to go bang. What, are you just going to shoot somebody because uh, you're going to get into a fight on the side of the road? I'm like, dude, I'm 53 years old. I've never been in a fight <laughs> never, on the side right? of the road. Never, right? Ever. Ever. <laughs> right? Well, what if somebody parks too close to you and they dent your car? Then I'm pissed that somebody dented my car, but I'm not going to shoot somebody. And then I look at right. them and I say, you might not be smart enough to have a gun. Like, you don't well, get what say, they're for. your mentality is why people well, like you shouldn't have a gun. They've been right. trained to think that way, though, right? That's the narrative they've been instilled. Because otherwise, why would you come up with that? I oh, somebody no dented my car. I'm going to go shoot him. Yeah. Why would you even think I'll bust that? capping him. Right. <laughs> it's just fear-mongering. It's terrible. Nobody it's, thinks that way. That's a right. I mean, well, is, the anti-gunners think that way because they they, they put project that onto right. us. They believe it. And, but that's because that's what they're thinking. Right. And they don't want to get any education. They don't want to learn. They don't want to, you know, they get their fingers in their ears and don't want to hear, hey, listen, you know what? You want to learn something about guns? Here's something about guns. So, you know, this is this is how you learn how to be safe with it. And it's they, they get these safety devices. And, uh, and, and here's when you use a gun. They, the bad guy has to have the ability, the opportunity, and the intent to do grave and bodily harm to you and if he's not doing graver bodily harm you can't shoot him and if you do you're the one that's in the wrong you're the one that's committing a murder by I, shooting somebody years ago I, I talked to this woman who i who i'd known for a long time and she we were talking about how she was in she was in a bank and she was in line in a bank and there was a guy with a gun open open carry gun probably a security guard or something and She's telling me, she says, I can't believe that he had a gun right on him. She was like shocked that she's in line with this guy who's got a gun on him and he wasn't a cop, you know. So, so she was amazed by this whole thing. And she said, she said, that's crazy. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why is that crazy? I don't understand. She's like, Dan, you can't, what don't you understand about the guy having a gun? That's not crazy. And I'm like, well, it's, a guy, with a, it's a guy with a gun. Well, you wait till you hear what she said. She goes, I said, what do you? Yeah, what are you talking story. about? What are you so concerned with? And she goes, oh, she was like all pissed off. She, I can't believe you don't understand. I'm like, well, tell me what I don't understand. She said, that guy had the gun right there out in the open. I could have easily taken that gun and started shooting people. <laughs> I'm like, did you just say that? <laughs> did you really just say that you were thinking about grabbing his gun? And shooting people. And shooting, and shooting, shooting people, people. But yet you're blaming your thoughts, your projection, your your scary thoughts, frankly, you're blaming that on the fact that this guy had a gun. It's unbelievable. These people, they project onto you, well, Charlie, you're dangerous because you have a gun because you could just go out and... That's what they're thinking. Who are we more concerned with here? Yeah, um, totally. Well, that's, that's what... All they have to believe is that the gun is the bad thing. And then everything else just follows, right? It can be whatever. So there, this is all an extension of the empathy for the criminal aspect of this. Like, well, this guy could be just in the bank hanging out, but because he saw that gun on that guy over there, he might want to go grab that gun and, and rob the bank, right? Like, <laughs> like the gun is going to make me right. do And that's the things. point. If you believe that, though, all kind of, you know, the rest is all possible. It makes sense. It all fits in the same bucket, but it's pretty stupid. You've got like, your shopping list, and you're going through it. Just go to bank, go here. If you find somebody <laughs> right. at the bank with a firearm, on your rob list. the bank. Oh, oh good. Now I know. It's that's like, like an encore at a concert. But if you yeah. find a gun, you can go here's, rob the bank. The um, Here's an obscure reference for you because it's Christmas time. Is like the Tony Soprano, Janice Russian comment. I don't know if you guys were the oh, yeah. Sopranos. You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, right? So, like, rob bank. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. if you I'm find a gun, rob bank. You know, I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Oh.
It's hilarious, it's, right? Yeah, but it's, it's like, true. It's like blaming the car for drunk driving. You never see that. They would right. blame the guy that was driving the car. Or right? Johnny Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny we, Walker. We don't blame, Sue the liquor guy. We only blame the gun when they, something is done, but it's never right. anything else. Like the guy who ran the people over in the car. Well, John Smith killed 25 people the, <laughs> by running them over. The we SUV did we didn't this. Right? Really? <laughs> or the SUV that killed them. We're just blaming that guy. But as soon as the gun's involved, oh, yeah. Well, and, and we understand that it's the politicians, it's it's a, the 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 anti-gun legislators that want this narrative. But what we don't always understand is that it's the people getting caught in that net, the the stupid people who who believe it, who believe all this nonsense. You know that oh, well, guns make you do bad things, or guns are, you know. Well, look in schools; they don't even teach history anymore, do they? Because obviously, they don't know about Nazi Germany. What did Hitler do? Yeah, right. take everyone's yeah. weapons away. First, right. what happened right. next? In the oven. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't think about that. Right. So just imagine America with no guns. Oh, God. Well, it wouldn't be America. It would never happen. It would never happen. But if it did, we might as well just... Well, that's why we talk about these COVID, you know, these COVID lockdowns and all sorts of stuff. People in China getting welded into their apartments and literally <laughs> welding the door shut so they can't get out. The, the building burns and down. Burn. But that's what die. these crazy leftists want. They, it would never happen here because... No, we wouldn't allow it. We wouldn't let it. You come Hopefully to, not. Well, right. You, you come go. to my door, you're going to have a, you're going to have an issue. If you, if you try something like that with me or my family, you're going to have a problem. You, have a, you have a ring doorbell. That's why. <laughs> They're probably not allowed in China. You can't know who's at your door. So when we knock, you just open But listen, door. if it's not the high definition, <laughs> hey, officer, you look like you're in a tunnel, but I think I'm going to come out of it. You step back about 10 feet. Oh, oh, that's not, it's like the ATF when they went to that guy's house that was all caught on the ring camera, right? They said, hey, uh, we saw you bought a couple of long guns. Can oh, we yeah, see yeah. them? I mean, this is a bunch of months ago. Let's see yeah, them. The eight, 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 <laughs> it was over the summer. What the hell is this, show and tell? Summer, right? like, At we, four in the morning? some guns. So what? I mean, and that yeah. guy, you know, four, five, six. That's what you always got to remember. No, you can't search anything. No, I'm not telling you anything. Get me my attorney. You have a warrant. You don't. It's nice, nice seeing you guys. You know, yeah. goodbye. Yeah, knocks on someone's door and says, hey, I need to see your guns. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> right. Well, you talked about that. It was what you Good were night. talking about the history lesson, yeah. right? right. Listen, let me see your guns. Now they're mine. Right, right, John. John, as soon as you let them in, I'll bring. I'll give you my guns, bullets first. As soon as you let them in. Well, and John was talking earlier, and it just reminded me that you know the, the vast majority of the self-defensive gun uses, ninety-five percent of them, the, the trigger's not even pulled. No. It's most often just the mere presence of a gun that stops the... Right, it stops the... Yeah. See, but that goes to the point of human motivation. If I'm going after you, you pull a gun out, I'm motivated to stop, right? But they don't ever think about... It's it's so one-sided, right? It's so double-standard. The whole government media, whole conglomeration of what they present to people. And the, 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 if people decide they're going to believe that, that that's what we have to battle, is that belief. You have to question that thing. Every time something happens, question. Look in the mirror. What's going on? Why am I buying into this? What more might I know? That's what I always I always have a question. What about this? What about that? Right. You can't ask those kind of questions. <laughs> they believe everything the government tells them. I know. It's, but that's all they need. Once they got you, they got you. Well, and, mm. and, and it starts with young kids, young right. children, first of all, in, in grade school, whatever. But it's really, you know, the college kids, when they're really at that point of impressionability. Is that a word? Impressionability? Yeah, we'll go oh, with let's it, use that one. But so, and I want to show this next clip. I don't know if Danny, you got this next clip available. In this next clip, we'll see it's from PragerU. 
uh, we see young people saying that they don't believe people should have guns in America. And wait till you hear the reasons they don't want people to have guns. Go ahead. Let's go. Have guns? No, no, not at all. No. No, I don't think they should. I don't really see the point of really needing a gun, or so why should they have it? Guns in general for me just feel like they're more unsafe than safe. Yeah. I feel like having a gun makes it like easier to just go around shooting people. I feel like with a gun in my house, I would feel less safe. Yeah. If, if like I, my dad owned a gun, like I would feel less safe. Okay, I think people should be able to have guns, but I think there should be like really strict regulations. I'm pretty sure, like you can be a 14 year old and just walk in and like get a gun. So you say you don't, you want to ban guns, right? Uh -huh. But the government's corrupt and spends money badly, yes. right? So uh, technically, you would be giving your guns to a corrupt government. Then the government, these corrupt people, would be the only ones who had guns. Sounds like Germany. I need to go. I Do you think say. I need I'm a sorry. gun? She said, right? Did she say I need a gun? <laughs> no, she said I need to go. I need to go. I, I thought go. she said I need a gun. I was like, wow. So, so when he said that, they had nothing to say. Yeah, nothing. They had no rebuttal to anything that what he just said about a corrupt government. It's just a quick emotional. It's a feeling. Feeling. There's no rationale. You know. But I they, feel that I'm not safe when my father has a gun. But not trust age. your father. Right. <laughs> I, I I was watching. Um, uh, we we've been all been on Gun Owners Radio. I was watching Gun Owners Radio a couple weeks ago, and they had on AWR Hawkins, mm -hmm. and they were talking about school shootings, and he said. Um, if a teacher carries a gun in a school, he says, I would trust that person. He says, you're, you're trusting that person with freedom. And I'm like, man, that was really good. Because oh. when you have a gun, you're, you're free to do what you want to do. And, and, and the, the criminals are free to do what they want to do. They go commit crimes. Um, we're free to do that too. But, but that's not the kind of people that we are. We're not people that commit crimes. Well, maybe we drive a little fast. But... Um, you know, that's whatever. That's it's not a, not a big deal. <laughs> but we don't we don't commit crimes. We don't we don't do that sort of stuff. You know, well, they and don't want to rip tags off of mattresses. Right. I heard about Charlie like, and his corruption there, <laughs> ripping the tags off the mattresses and not telling the federal government. Well, I wanted to point out five little points about that video we just saw. Each of those students had a different. They said a different thing, and if we look at it, the first student says uh, she didn't. Uh, doesn't doesn't think it doesn't see the point of needing a gun. So why should you have it? So in other words, if you don't need it, in other words, need now is going to be a prerequisite for gun ownership. If you don't need it, why should you have it? They clearly this kid doesn't clearly understand what the Second Amendment is all about, what the Bill of Rights is all about. Wanted to make that point. What do you guys think? I think it's a great point. I Does mean, she need to go to college? It's not the bill of rights. Do we need to have? Right. Do is. we need to have podcasts? Yeah. Forget this element of no. uh, right. do you the First to Amendment. Open your shirt up. Do we need? Do the we news? need to have Corvettes? Corvettes. No. no, we don't. There's too many. Ridiculous! <laughs> 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 it's because she cut the frame. Just <laughs> we need them to open it more. Is the question? <laughs> another another one of those clips. Uh, the student said, "Guns feel like they are more unsafe than safe," and we kind of talked about this where. No, they're actually not. Guns they're, are more safe than they're not. You know. They're way more safe now with, you know, with uh, multiple safeties on oh, them. Trigger locks. Uh, tri yeah, yeah, trigger. Right. Absolutely. The, the trigger safety, the, the mechanical safety. safety. Yeah. Um, 
they're like muzzle loaders. And that, that might seem a little dangerous. Having you know a black powder and right. explosive exactly. around. And then you got to know how to load it. Though. Right. That seems a little dangerous. Yeah. But we don't. Our guns aren't like that anymore. We don't have that risk of you know you're putting too much powder in and you know the wrong kind of powder or something like this. No, we don't have to. Do that. The, the guns are safe. They don't do anything. I remember when I when I was really really new into gun stuff. I was I was looking around and my like, God, you know when I get the money, what kind of a gun am I going to buy? And I found this website where this guy had a picture of a Smith and Wesson 357 revolver that was loaded, and he had a little hand. It was on just like on white pieces of you know eight and a half by eleven paper, and it said. If this gun commits any crime, please give me a call at this number. <laughs> and it was like some video that renewed every three seconds. And I'd sit there, <laughs> I'm like, like live feed. That's yeah. Great. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch this That's... and see if anything happens. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and nothing would happen. And I'm like, who's the sucker here? <laughs> what we also have is a culturally speaking, I feel now, and like I'm, I didn't grow up a gun person per se. There was hunting and there was shooting activities, but now like I'm clearly in it to win it, right? Um, I feel that there's more options for voluntary quality uh, education and training now than there's ever been. Oh. And people are taking the training and right. they're learning because yeah. they want to. And they want to be responsible gun owners. And Charlie, I mean, you you do training and it's difficult to, to compare because a lot of the, the training that you're doing is mandatory, right? Yeah. In Massachusetts, if you want to get a gun license, if you want to possess anything, ammunition, uh, or any type of firearm, you've got to take a class. So I, the, the people that I have, they, they of course want the minimum amount of time and the minimum amount of training just so they can get a gun. And then after that, I'm like, dude, there's a lot more to this than you think. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of the people that I'm working with that I'm training, because as of now, there is no training element. There's going to be. Um, right. But, you know, there isn't one. And when I have a student that's coming to me, I know that I have a consumer that's looking to get the most bang for their buck in a sense of, you know, I want the highest level of education that you can give me for the time that we have allotted. And, yep. you know, and I'll have students that will come and I'll, I'll lay everything out for them. Like, this is one-on-one level. This is, you know, whatever. And, you know, here's my book if you want to check it out. And then I'll have the students that show up with my book that's dog-eared and highlighted. And they've got questions. Like, yeah. they take this stuff seriously. Right. And there's people that want to learn. They want to know. And I feel that there's more of that today than there's ever been. You yeah. know, the accessibility. And Absolutely. those are the people that care about it that much are going to be the ones that are going to stop things from happening and to protect people. They're the ones that are going to be comfortable because they're educated, right? Like right. everything else, you get to know it better, you're more comfortable with and, it. And that's a good point because it's the education of the firearms that makes all the difference. Because if you remember the video, you had the one student say, having a gun makes it easier to just go around shooting people. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Like, were you just, just going around stabbing people before, now you're going to get a gun? Make <laughs> well, it make sure you put that in the training, that, you know, we can go I, I around can and just shoot people. people. <laughs> I can kill 20 if I get a gun. But just gonna... again, it's the mindset of the people. It's amazing to me that these people actually think that. They just... think that if you have a gun, you're going to go around shooting people. Yeah. I mean, what causes this? The Wild West. <laughs> Bullet number five. You can go out and kill everybody. It's insanity. It's literally. Well, that's like when Ted Cruz had a meeting with the Sandy Hook families, and he brought up his thing that he wanted to pass in the the Senate floor, and everybody turned it down with having, you know, mental health and having teachers that are armed, and, you know, and they all walked out on him. It's like. They don't want to hear it. So Joe Biden's gun-free school zone law works for you. But they don't want to see the other side of if a teacher was armed or if they had mental health in the school, 
their kids. Well, don't get me say. started on Joe Biden's yeah. gun-free uh, school zones act. But right. That's there just was the craziness of how these people think. They're so brainwashed by the government that they don't want to see how. What if? Yeah. What if the t- ten that's teachers were armed? Consequences. What would have happened? Don't see it. Right. You think somebody coming into a, a school? Shooting, I don't think they would have getting came in the rounds place. coming in. They're going to turn around. And they're not well, they wouldn't there. have come in in the first place if you know that right. we have a history of teachers being armed. Right. Mm. They would just right. do it. Yep. Right. right. They'd, they'd, I hate saying this, but they'd find somewhere else. Like they know they know everyone in a, in a school is going to be a sitting duck. Yeah. You know, they, they know this. Of Joe Thanks Biden's to Joe Biden's 1990 Gun Free School Zones Act. That yeah. he introduced and he loves it. Crime Control Act. Yeah, how he sleeps at night. The other student, uh, the last student, or one of the students in that in that clip said, um, and milk and cookies. she thinks a 14-year-old can just walk in and get a gun. That's another misconception. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what state is that? Right. 14-year-old can just go walk in and get a gun. I, it's I, not easy, right? You can't even touch a gun in New York State. <laughs> you don't have a permit. You can't even, in the store, you can't even touch the gun, right? Yeah. Well, you can't get training, right? So how do you get training if you don't have a permit? And how do you get the permit if you don't have training? Finkelstein is Einhorn. I know. It's like crazy. What state does she live in where a 14 year old is like, yeah, give me that uh, nine millimeter? Actually, give me that tech nine. I like that. It's got more rounds. It's not true, but that's what they think. That's what some of these kids are being. Why isn't somebody telling the dummy that that's not true? Because they don't want them to know the truth. They want them to be like this. So these these kids are scared. They grow up to be fearful adults. And they, and they support more gun control laws. And they just like, do what they're told because it's laid out and it's easy because they have the TV and their appetizer sample. And the, the hard part <laughs> of it is, is you can't have a, like a TV show or something like Cops where you would show things that have White been guys without their shirts because on. Because we don't know when all that stuff happens. It's not planned. You right. don't know you're going to go out and get attacked, so you carry a gun to protect yourself. You just carry it in case something happens. Of course. So there's no way to track that. These people, again, it's like they think that the data doesn't exist. And I'm like, well, it's got to exist because you hear all these people talking about all these things that happen. And it's, you know, you were talking about, you got, the statistic is 200,000 to 1.5 million defensive guns, gun users a year. And they're, they're impossible to track. Right. And that's your, that's your range because was this a, a DGU? If I'm getting ready to deploy and then that right. guy turns around and he's right. like, I'm decides, he, he decides deuces, he wants I'm out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. a defensive gun you, use. Right, exactly. But you right. can't just right. even opening your jacket yeah. could be, you know, right. and that's right. enough. How and, often and, in movies and TVs do you see, you know, there's a bad guy and he's doing something and you see his gun here and the person's going, ooh, ooh he's got a gun. Right. Because they know it's a deterrent. They know. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd be deterred. Guys, we got to, Danny's been wrapping, he's wrapping us up. So I want, before we leave though, I want, Charlie, I want you to tell people where, again, where they can find you, and then we'll go to John do the same thing. All right. Well, they can find me at Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Uh, you can find it on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on the OpsLens app. You can find it on GunStreamer. You can check out Writing Shotgun with Charlie at Arm Lifestyle Magazine. And uh, you can also download show as a podcast. So I put out the video uh, on YouTube, and I put out the audio as a podcast. So they can, they can check it out. They can put me in the car and uh, take me and my guests with them. Excellent. It's a great show, and I encourage everybody to check it out. And if you can get in Charlie's passenger seat, do it. It's a lot of fun. And you have an award-winning show. I do have an award. Your show is award-winning. Right. So in 2019, I won the uh, Blogger of the Year Award, and I didn't write a word. Uh, so I ran up for two days at GRPC. I'm like, blogger of the year, didn't write a word. <laughs> and then you know what happened? I started writing. Uh, I talked to, to Freddie at Amoland, and he's like, all right, so we'll, pu- we'll put the show on here. Uh, I need at least 600 words for the show description. I'm like, oh, now i got to start writing. <laughs> and then I have to expand even more for the uh, for, uh, writing shotgun with Charlie. 
So well, yeah. you're doing a great job. Keep up the great work, and the, the Second Amendment community appreciates you very much. Uh, John, John Petrino, John, also <laughs> a multi-award-winning writer. Yep, uh, picked up was at the media, the media figure of the year from San Diego County gun owners earlier this year. That was cool. Um, it went all the way to California to have to get awarded, but it was awesome. You know? <laughs> that's good though in California. Right? Yeah, that's a went, big deal. Went all the way to Cal, and that was great. Huge honor, uh, great time. And then picked up uh, Blogger of the Year from Second Amendment Foundation. I was very honored and touched to to get that award. But uh, you can you can find me in my work. You know, uh, JohnPetrolino.com or thepenpatriot.com. Uh, my book, Decoding Firearms, is available on Amazon, or you can get it from uh, the Gun for Hire uh, website, Anthony Calandro's website. He sells it, so if you don't want to buy off of Amazon, I understand. You can get it from Anthony Calandro. And uh, I write for Bearing Arms. I write for Ammo Land, uh, Second Press, uh, Armed Lifestyle, JM4 Tactical. Tactical, a couple other places as well. And uh, look me up on uh, on Facebook or Instagram and News tips again, John at thepenpatriot.com. So send me uh, send me some emails, people, if you got squirrely stuff going on. And thanks for coming all the way from Jersey. Thank you, Charlie, for coming from Massachusetts. John and Anthony, thank you as always. You. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Thanks so much for watching this Christmas special episode on Rumble. We're also on the Simul TV, Right America Media, and Key Radio Networks. And if you want the podcast, you can find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. We're there. I'm Dan Wass, and the Second Amendment is not a privilege. It's your right. <laughs>